Welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Perbianzi. This is another Zoom cast. I know we haven't done one for about a month because, really, guys, nothing is happening in the world of Minnesota United. I mean, nope. I mean there's some no. sign. There's some signs, some minor signings going on, but nothing too major. So we've taken a couple more weeks off. Uh, Mostly crickets, haven't it? Yeah, it's not hasn't been really well, exciting. I'm sure you guys follow Minnesota United's uh, Twitter account, and uh, it let's, literally is almost crickets, other than the fact that at least they tell you what day it is. Let's not talk. Uh, yeah. Let's not talk about what they're doing on Twitter because that's just but, uh, yeah. There's no doubt we are in the middle of the off season. That's mm-hmm. what it is, and kind of I feel like it's even it's you know it's as quiet as you know previous year. Or, you know, it's month. I'd say. It's definitely quieter than previous years, yes. especially recently. So, but it's just the way it is, especially in this uh, environment. So, speaking of the off season, I think what is it, guys? We have until was it April seventeenth. Seventeenth is. is the start date for um, MLS. The hope is, and and right off the bat, guys, we're always talking about beer. Um, of course, everybody else we're still kind of in this pandemic. All the numbers are going down, vaccines are going out, so hopefully things will get better. But um, the twins and the uh, and United have been have been kind of uh, talking to each other, and both have the same plan in terms of uh, letting fans into the stands when the season opens. Now MLS or MLB <clears throat> opens early April. MLS, of course, is a couple weeks after that. It looks like the Twins have put in uh, a request to have twenty five percent of of Target Field open. And if that's the case, I would guess the loons are in the same boat of having 25% of the of fans in Allianz Field. Um, from what I'm reading, the 25% will be pods of two to four people, of course, spaced out, um, which that's what they got to do. That's what they got to do. Mm. But if, if the loons are the same way, that'll be nice because that will be about um, 5,000 people in the Just stadium under, so. yeah it's under in the stadium um for all the um supporters i don't know if they'll let the supporters section be open i highly doubt they'll let the supporters section be open um uh, because that is you, a think, it, you think it'd be open and just again a limited capacity yeah, think, we'll, we'll see what they do with that well um, yeah they gotta see about regulating who gets into the supporters section though yeah so. and that's again so and i'm sure it'll be some sort of lottery for season ticket holders and it'll be you know, whatever. Uh, but at least fans will be allowed to go there and see a game. So that's for sure. I'm going to break down into tears. If that happens, it's been a long, long time. Well, yeah, it's, it's been shit. It's been over a year <clears throat> Yep. since for, and it's, in, it's been even longer for me. I know you guys were at the, uh, was the, the playoff game yep. and that would have been October of 2019. So and yep. I, for me, it had been probably a few weeks prior to that even. So yeah, it's been a long time and, and, and we'll see, hopefully that goes through um, with the numbers going the way they are right now. I think that that's going to happen. Um, so of course we're drinking Minnesota craft beer. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What are you drinking today? Sure. I got a, I got a great one today and uh, it's, I'm surprised it's, it's not a new brewery, but it's uh, I, I got the vanilla latte blonde ale from urban growler. Mm. And so of course I've been to urban growler and I've had some urban growler beers before, but for some reason I hadn't tried this particular one and it is, it is tasty. It's just perfect. It's a great, uh, 
Sunday morning beer, if there is such a thing, um, because it really does have that. Uh, it's got a nice coffee flavor, which I, of course, appreciate. And actually, if it, if um, if you've tried the I think it's from Omni, it's called a daily dose. Mm -hmm. It's it's very similar to that. And because uh, it's it's a blonde ale. And I was like the blonde ale is, is, first of all, like a nice palate. But when you think of some of maybe your coffee infused beers, it's not always the ales or lagers that you'd expect. It's a lot of times you'll see coffee stouts and they'll naturally have some of that flavor. But uh, with a blonde ale, you start with just a great palate and then they add, you know, they essentially, they say, they just basically say they add vanilla and, you know, essentially a, a shot of coffee flavor to it. And I like it because it is not very sweet, but uh, man, it's just got a really smooth, smooth flavor. It's easy drinking. It's only, it's relatively light, I think just uh, five and a half percent. So nice. yeah, it's uh, outstanding. Good deal. Uh, Connor, what do you got today? So I've got a growler that I have been keeping in my fridge for a podcast like this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it is called That's My Dog Hazy IPA, and it's from Forager down in oh, Rochester. Good place. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have managed to get, get down there on one of my long trips uh, a while back. And so visited a brewery, got a bunch of growlers, brought them back up. And this mm -hmm. is one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a really nice brew house, by the way. Tap house, yes. by the way. It's uh, it's nice and kind of cozy feel. Yep. Uh, but this one, it's a hazy IPA and it's it's hoppy. Uh, it says here on the side of the on the side of the can, it says it's a hazy IPA, 6.2% alcohol. Brewed with American barley, oat malt, and a few other specialty grains for body and structure. Dry hopped with Citra Cryo, Australian Ella, and an experimental New Zealand hop blend. This hop blend will make your tail wag. That's my dog. <laughs> nice. Uh, Interesting. But it's, it's tasty. I, I, would definitely, I would definitely drink it again. So, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard uh, the, the words New Zealand hop blend in one sentence before, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I've been to New Zealand a couple of times and recently, you know, as about a year and a half ago and uh, you know, like every place you go these days, there there's craft breweries and everybody's bigger on beer right now and, and have been for a while, but um, yeah, it just, it's New Zealand isn't one of those places that really sticks out at you. So interesting, but they, yeah. they have the climates and you know, they have every climate down in New Zealand. So yeah, certainly they can grow just about anything. Uh, yeah. Forager is a great place. I I've been to that place and there's another brewery just up the street from there called Kinney Creek Brewing. Um, our, my company's Rochester office is right by Forager and Kinney Creek. And what I noticed about Forager though, as I walked in was they have a kind of a coffee shop up front and then they, do. they yeah. have a, the breweries kind of in the back and they also, it's a restaurant too. Mm. Uh, but it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, very nice place. Um, and then uh, Kinney Creek up the road is kind of your typical brewery that they made out of i think probably an old warehouse or something i walked into that place and that was like industrial type of you know brewery and very small bar and a lot of games and stuff so um two great places in rochester and there's one i'm missing i think it's off of 52 a little farther north of those places i can't think of the name of it it'll come so, at some point but. are you talking about the one in i think it's i think it's in pine island it's called sxsw south by southwest there. no that's not it's it's something different i can't think of the name of it I'll, it'll come to me uh but there's three breweries in in rochester i've hit um but uh all of them are great it's nice to see rochester have a couple breweries uh to go along with their uh mayo clinic you know because yeah you need beer along with uh medicine medicine actually beer is good medicine sometimes 
Is it um, called Little Thistle? Might, it might be. I don't yeah. remember which one it was, but I, I went in there and they had, again, the great beer too. So yeah. um, I'm drinking something from oh, Bauhaus uh, Brewing and this is, uh, this is their oat simulator. Um, I usually don't drink uh, stouts. Uh, this is an oatmeal. Uh, this is an oatmeal stout. So it's a good Sunday morning beer as well. And it tastes fantastic. It's a stout. It's got a little oaty taste to it, a little oatmeal, a little sweetness to it. And it's great. Um, it's a nice yeah. sipper. I love Bajas. And that that definitely must not, I think you said it was their um, a, a series beer. It's definitely not one of their mainstays. No. I think they have like four mainstays that are all great. But uh, this came out of their winter pack. So they've got this, they've got a Nordic one. They've got some other ones in that. So I picked that up. Um, but uh, yeah, usually I don't do uh, stouts very often. But uh, every once in a while, I'll pick one up and have it. That's pretty good. So, um, while we're on top of the breweries, guys, breweries are open back up again. So people can go inside, drink your beers, stay outside in their beer gardens, drink your beers, still kind of go get your crowlers and your growlers and all that type of stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm shocked that a lot of these breweries were able to hold on during the pandemic. Although I am reading that some more, uh, some more closings could be coming for some of these smaller breweries. Let's hope that's not the case. Uh, but at least the ones that we're, we've been to a lot are, are still going strong. I know Alloy and Omni and, and uh, Invictus, they're all still going strong. And uh, uh, I hope that uh, I hope they get out of this and, and kind of, I, I know they're getting out of this and they're finding different ways to get people in the doors and it's been great. Um, so Anywho, um, we do have a little bit of loon stuff to talk about. We're, we do have a couple signings to talk about, some minor ones. Um, first, the most recent one uh, was uh, Defender, of course, because we can never have too many flipping Defenders on this damn team. Much, uh, much needed signing. I mean, because now, now, fortunately, we have 10 on the roster. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. That, there was only nine Defenders only, on the yeah. roster. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, no. What we're going to do with just nine. Yeah, shit. Uh, DJ Taylor. Uh, he yes. comes from uh, recently was North Carolina FC in the USL Championship League. He is 23. He is a left. Is he a left back, guys? I think he's a left back, or is he right back? Um, he's a right back. Oh, he's a right back. Okay. To Wikipedia. Right back. So he uh, actually won Defender of the Year in USL Championship back in 2019. So this kid's got some skill. Um, but he's a good uh, young signing, I guess, to back up. Uh, Romain and in case Romain goes down or when Romain gets a little older and we need somebody to take his place, this guy hopefully has got the skills to do that. Um, I, again, yeah, you know, he's 23. I mean, yeah. it's, it's nice to get younger guys in here. Um, but a defender, I mean, do we need a defender? You can say yes. You can say no. You can say I don't know, but I think I think the popular answer would be there's other areas where maybe this team needs to focus. Well, but, you know, yeah. the, the fact is, one. yeah, and the, but the fact is, this this is a pure, you know, what it, on on the surface, it's a pure depth signing, and yep. you know, at, at right back, it is a te technically you, you could definitely argue it is an a position of need, you know, for depth as uh, far as Minnesota United is concerned for all, for the reasons you mentioned, Tony. So well, and it's true. We, uh, and you know, on Twitter, a lot of times, uh, some of these writers uh, for the loons will kind of put up there like, 
you know, people are saying, why aren't we getting a striker? Well, I think everybody knows that getting a striker, an attacking guy is a lot harder than getting defenders or midfielders. There's a lot more defenders out there, a lot more midfielders out there. Strikers are kind of like, you know, they're not easy to get, especially they're when not a, the, yeah, they're, they're not a dime a dozen. They're exactly not, right. They're not, uh, they're not they're in that demand. Brings up, that brings up the argument, though, that when you're spending, when you need a forward like we do, when we only have the one true forward, um, why spend more money on defenders when you can, when you can clearly save them save money when you have a limited budget like Minnesota United does uh, why spend that money on other defenders when you could buy a star striker like a bunch of free agents are out there I know Daniel Sturridge is out there I know uh, well Kai Kamara but we got rid of him yeah um, but well, uh, the argument could be made why not just save the money for a striker well and that's I Connor it's a good question and I think that goes to that Adrian Heath in the front office want to get a striker that's going to work with Adrian Heath's game plan. So they're looking for guys who are going to fit into his game plan and how he likes to play, right? His tactics. Right. So you can't just go out and buy, get anybody. I mean, uh, uh, Dwyer's out there right now. Are we going to go get Dwyer? Absolutely flipping not. Cause I don't think he works into our game plan. No. Um, plus the fans would, I mean, it'd be like anarchy in Allianz fans field. Would hate it. Yep. Fans would hate it. So, um, I think you're trying to find a guy who's going to fit in. I think they found that guy, uh, last year, uh, when we got the loan for, um, what's his name? Uh, striker and Maria. I think they, I think they seriously, I think they found that guy. I think he was what they wanted. Unfortunately, bad luck occurred. You get the pandemic, you get his injury. Uh, then you try to get him signed from his old team and they're not liking that and we're not giving enough money and I get it. So they're back to square one again. Um, So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Hopefully something's, and we'll talk about a guy in the next couple of minutes here who might be on the list, but uh, it's tough to say when he'll come over, if he comes over at all. So, Getting Taylor was one thing. Uh, a couple of weeks before that, we ended up going and getting, uh, God, I can't, I'm not, Juka Retalia, who is from Finland. Mm-hmm. So another Finn on this team to go with Lude. Um, he came from Montreal. He's an older signing, obviously a depth piece. Uh, I think he can play, he can play center back. And I think he can also play on, either left or right side one of the two I think he can play on the left i think that's yep. uh that might be the, the reason that we signed him because we i think we need we were in desperate need of a left back uh yep. when um somebody to switch out with chase gasper or even just take over for chase gasper yeah and again he's He's older. He's been in the league for a while. I think he's, is he in his 30s? I think he's like 30. He's 32. 32. So he's an older player. We need veterans on this team. Uh, you know, we do have a lot of, right now we have a lot of younger guys. Um, so he's a good veteran pickup, I think. Um, and he's, like you said, he's a backup type of guy. He can fit in there for numerous positions. Um the big question, though, guys, is we keep adding these defenders. We have yet to hear if Ike is going to be back fully this year. Um, there's been really no mention other than, yeah, he's 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 fit. He's 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 good. 
but we don't really know if he's going to be back. And I don't think we're going to find out until training camp opens. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect so. And I, and, you know, just looking at all the moves that this team has made in this relatively quiet off season, I, I think the, from a, you know, from, from the team standpoint, they are thinking exactly the same way. I mean, they, they, they have to prepare as if he's not going to be available like he wasn't for most of the uh, 2020 season. Right. I mean, that's all they can do at this point, I think. And I, I think this also is kind of a saying all his defenders really goes back to what happened last year when we lost Ike and we were, you know, we had Debassi came in and we had aha coming. We were kind of limited on our defenders last year. So I think mm-hmm. this year they've kind of said, okay, we're never going to go into that situation again. So we're going to go and sign a bunch of guys this year that makes and, sense. and hopefully it works out. And same with midfielders too. I think that they're, they're making sure they have enough midfielders now with, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you know, Ozzy's coming back. So mm-hmm. um, with Ozzy in the mix, you've got Ozzy, uh, Will Trapp, uh, you've got Jan Gurgis, and then you've got Hassani Dotson. Uh, uh, congrats to Hassani Dotson, by the way, being named to the Olympic team for qualifying. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Congratulations to Hassani. He, he should do well out there. Um, but they, I mean, they've obviously they've got depth at midfield and they've got depth at, 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 at defensive back. So, and we have depth in goal. I mean, we have goalie depth up the yep. wazoo. Yep. So the only place we have right now is striker where we have Dave's favorite guy. Who is it, Dave? Foster Langsdorf. Yes. Foster Langsdorf. Yep. Dave's he, favorite uh, guy. He didn't see much time last year, but you know, he came over from, uh, what was it? Uh, Reno. 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 That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So, but uh, I think he got, I believe I could be wrong. I hope I'm not, but I think he got in at least down a, a kind of as a late sub, you know, I think they, yeah. yeah, yeah. When they, when they had a big lead and they brought in several of those, or at least a couple of those players. And, right. uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. And I think Tony, you make a great point. I mean, if you think about it from a team's point of view, we've already kind of laid out the reasons why maybe, you know, just signing a defender, off this or defender, sorry, a striker off the street isn't necessarily as easy or as smart as you know we want it to be as fans. But um, you know, even going, you look at the success that this team has had, um, even going back to 2019, it was built off of your back line yep. and goalkeeping, and you know a strong defensive midfield, which you definitely, you know, anybody, you know, we are certainly sitting here saying that they, that is one of their strengths. And so I think that the team can look at it as more of like a conservative approach, where at least if you have that solid backline goalkeeping, uh, you know, defending midfield positions covered, which they do, you can go into an MLS season and have success. Now, are you going to, you're going to be flashy, you're going to score a bunch of goals, win a bunch of games, you know, four nil, you know, probably not, but at least you can go in and be competitive you know, in a, in a season that still is very much kind of, you know, up in the air as far as revenue, you know, MLS is obvious, even if fans are allowed on opening day across the league, they're still going to go into the season knowing that they're going to lose significant money. And um, so I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a conservative approach going into this season. Well, and it also helps that you have Reynoso in the middle uh, that, that, that middle, the striking uh, forward, uh, striking midfielder position, attacking right. midfielder position. Um, it helps having him out there because he can, he can do a lot. And maybe we see him expand his game next year to be more of a, not even, not 
really just a passer, but also more of a scoring person. Maybe there's some new things that are going to kind of work themselves themselves in. Um, we don't know. Uh, but right as of right now, guys, we're going into the season playing a false nine. I mean, that is right. what we're, we're going to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think there is something to be said about that. And I mean, say what you want. I, I think that was something that Adrian Heath wanted to see, um, especially we, you know, I know you go out and sign a guy like Louis Samaria and he's, you want him to be your number nine and, you know, be up top. But as soon as that, those plans didn't work out, um, limited success with Kai Kamara and, you know, of course, all the other, you know, guys that have come and come and gone from this team in that position, just, they haven't really found their guy. They just haven't, whether it's injury or just not the right fit. And so I think, the what when Heath started moving, you know, Lued into that position as that false nine, they there you can't argue with the success that they had with that. Now, a lot of that was in large part due to the emergence of uh, Emmanuel Reynoso. There's no doubt about that. Um, oh. But certainly, you know, Lude in the false nine with Reynoso, you know, behind him and alongside of him, and just that interplay and, and, and in and out and, you know, movement that they can have, you know, with, and I mean, I guess that leads right into the kind of the next point is yes, they have a clear need at, at striker, but then they did lose Molino, who was a big part of that false nine success with Robin Lude and Reynoso and Finlay. So left wing is a little bit of up in the air. Now I'm just going to throw a name out there. I don't necessarily, this is not my belief, but maybe, you know, maybe Tommy Chacon finally makes an appearance here after, after a lot of time gotcha. on the bench. Although that being said, you know, you can't ignore the reports that they are not, it's a little more than quietly. They're definitely discussing maybe move, getting him onto a loan. If, if that was possible, of yeah. course, I don't know if that will be. So who knows how I'm just throwing, that's why I just threw out that name. I don't know if that's going to be an option. They did draft uh, with their first pick. I believe they had back-to-back -back picks, of course, in the super draft, they picked uh, Justin McMaster, who yes. can and did play left wing. And there's a lot of excitement around him only because I think they think he would have gone a lot higher than 17. Uh, if he did, if, I think he got, he had got, he was, he is over, but he had like an ACL type injury, mm -hmm. but that he's, that he's recovered from, but you know, and he could be the kind of guy with, with the experience and maybe he can, maybe we'll see him sooner than later in that position. Uh, Jamaican, I think Jamaican international, um, has some national team experience or at least youth experience with, with Jamaica. So um, that's an option, but it's still a question mark. And so it's a little interesting how we're going to go not only in, I mean, you would have to assume you're going to go into the season with a false nine, unless, you know, we see a big splash here in the next month, but. Although let, let's bring this guys, this came, just came up on MLS.com. Uh, uh, the guys at extra time, uh, which is Andrew Weave, David Gass and Matt Doyle played a free agent match game finding the best landing spots for the most eligible unattached veterans. And guess who uh, there's a couple guys we've talked about on this list. And I see it. so Joven Jones, they have going, they said Orlando city is good for him. Kai Kamara would be uh, NYCFC or DC United. Don Dwyer, they have him. Oh, Minnesota United or new England revolution. Oh. God, I hope it's new England. It's uh, it, but they're saying if you bring him in, he shouldn't be a starter uh that he should be a you know guy off the bench the problem is you bring dom dwyer in you don't even have a guy in front of dom dwyer unless you're playing a false nine to start off with and dom's coming in at the end of the game to kind of close things off which i could see that um that's yeah. not a bad deal if you bring dom dwyer in here to become your starter up at striker uh you got problems 
Um, yeah, I, part of me thinks, I mean, I wouldn't be floored if that happened. I mean, it's an easy, if you're writing an article like that and great article, I haven't read it. I'll have to go back and check it out, but those guys are usually pretty, pretty good. But, um, you know, it's an easy one just because Minnesota has a need and that fills a need. Now I, I kind of personally feel that this movement might've happened already, say a year ago or, you know, mid season. I just think it would have happened if it was going to happen. Um, but yeah. we'll see. But it, the, the other thing with Dom Dwyer, of course, he has a relationship with Adrian Heath right. uh, from Orlando. From Orlando. So, so, and we've seen how that works out with Kevin Molino. Uh, it worked out fairly well uh, when Molino wasn't injured. Um, but again, we have to look at it from a fan point of view. I don't think fans would be too happy no. if Dom Dwyer came into our, into our team and, and kind of started off. I mean, I think, he, I, again, I think you'd see a lot of pitchforks out in the yeah. uh, Twitter yeah. universe. I agree. Um, the, the problem is, and this kind of rolls into, I think who we want to get to next is, I mean, there, there's still, there's still, and there has been some excitement and talk and, you know, nothing, nothing set in stone, but a player from a, uh, um, was it French uh, League, League, League One? Uh, Adrian Hanou. Stade, mm-hmm. He's from Stade Renas. St- Stade Rene. Stade, Stade Rene. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not French. I'm Italian. You can pronounce uh, it how you want. We know, yeah. we know what you mean. But. Yeah. So this is a striker they've been looking at. He's 27 years old. Um, before we get into it, him, though, I we saw a lot of – I think there was a lot of talk a couple of weeks ago on them kind of talking and trying to get him over here. And now I'm seeing kind of a little bit more – talk of well he's not really going to be a signing that they sign and he gets over here right now he's more of a mid-season signing um and he would come over in in june july or august if that's the case i mean great let's go let's go get him let's do whatever we can but for the first couple months you got to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do yeah it is worrisome because i mean we've been saying about podcasts we'd be going into the season with only one true forward and I think the favorable option, as you say, Dave, would be to play the false nine over Foster Langsdorf starting up top. Mm-hmm. And uh, up with presumably with Robin Lud in, uh, in that role. So what I would, I, it, it's very worrisome to me because I, you need somebody who has a lot of experience and who can obviously has an eye for net. Hanu looks like he can do that. But if he's not coming until summer, we need somebody to do that up until then. Well, so yeah, and where make, do we go make, from there? Make no mistake. I mean, I don't think it would be by design that he would come in mid-season. I mean, they, no. they, I, you, they'd love to have him now. It just seems like, you know, and Minnesota did reportedly make an offer. Let's get that out there, too. And, yeah. and there's speculation that they've been pursuing him for some time now. So yeah. it just to me, it looks like when I, it looks like one of these situations where it's, you know, they're really they're shopping, you know, they're trying to get the best deal. There's a lot of back and forth and it just, it's just not happening like that. And I, I they, maybe they just don't want to overpay or they can't overpay. No. And so they're in negotiation that there's no easy solution apparently. And it's a little bit frustrating because we, you know, what were, who were we talking about a year ago, you know, or even more than a year ago now. Or no. So, or you know, so, and, yeah. and it was like every week there was something, there was something, there was something, and it just wasn't happening. Wasn't happening. And then finally, of course it did. It, it was very mid-season and we'd love to avoid that but you know but this this guy i mean hanu is is not is not renoso renoso was a young young talent yeah i'm just comparing in terms of in terms of but in terms of like where they are with their respective teams renoso is a young talent who could have stayed on his team and done very well 
uh, for, for Boca Juniors. Um, Hanu is a, a veteran who has lost playing time. He is basically on the bench for his yeah. team right now, right. not getting any minutes. So that team is just looking to get the most out of, you know, most money for him. Um, there's going to be a point where the loons are going to say, uh, this is how much we're going to spend. And that's that. And his team's going to have to decide, do we keep him around and hope for a better deal? Or we just like kind of pass it off. Um, Renoso's deal was more of, uh, I think Boca juniors wanted some, you know, more money. I'm sure they wanted some, uh, uh, money in case we sold them to somebody else, you know, all that type of th- those types of things. And then of course there was other uh, back deals with former teams of Renoso. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. This deal is more of a, you know, uh, who's going to blink first pretty much, I think. Um, Cause th- he's not doing anything for that team. He's, he is literally on the end of their bench, drinking water and chatting with his fellow bench players. That's what he's doing. Um, so, um, I hope yeah. the Loons can do something, but we'll yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I'd be, I, and that's why like, you know, I, I I'm saying, I don't want to see this be another mid season acquisition. I mean, the, the Loons need to sign a forward and, and I guess I'd be a little, I'd be more than a little surprised if they don't sign one prior to opening day. And I mean, okay. maybe that player won't be on the field opening day but i'd be surprised if they don't sign one and let's remember you know it trying to understand the financing of mls is is not easy for anyone um you know shout out to you if you if you got it uh yeah down but uh but but the one thing i was getting to there is they they actually you know they have a designated player position available too so i'm not suggesting they should just throw around money but it would be Obviously, if you're going to sign a designated player forward, you'd like to see him do it at Ford. I think most fans would. But agreed. Well, I hope they do, and I'm not going to say they will, but I, I'd be surprised if we don't see a signing at least one forward before the season starts. It would be disappointing, I think. If there was anybody who knew about uh, MLS financing, it was David Sterling, former host of the show, and even he had problems with figuring out exactly what you could do and what you couldn't do with with uh you know tam and gam and dp and all that type of shit he would look into that stuff and he'd be like god this is just crazy i don't understand it i look into it and it's like holy shit it's like rocket science to me it's like oh god i don't even know what that was I mean, yeah i you know i keep bringing this up but i just think it was hilarious because david and i did take a dive into it and um prior to our special uh christian ramirez trade trade episode you know a couple of years ago and I printed out the man, I printed out the document that you, you can get, you know, the rules and regulations of MLS and it goes into it. It's like, it was like 50 some pages long. Yep. I printed it out just to take a look and my head's still spinning. It mm-hmm. honestly is. And, you know, things are changing too. And they're these, especially going, you know, going into the COVID year and you just, it's a, it's a lot of moving parts and it's really hard to understand sometimes. So, but you know, that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to no. figure it all out. No. Um, we need a, we need a striker and, and, and guess what? If we, we don't get uh, a new out of, out of France, my guess is we sign a, a cheap free agent, um, veteran guy, um, to come in and just kind of be the placekeeper for a while. Um, because frankly, you can't go into the season with one striker on your roster. You need at least two, if not three. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, 
Speaking of MLS stuff, guys, and we talked about this before the podcast, I'm not going to try to explain what's going on with it, but I was reading an article about the the U under 22 new DP system in MLS. And it's very complicated. Uh, and you guys can go on and read it on for yourself on MLS.com. But really what it is, is they're trying to get teams to be able to keep more players under the age of 22 on their rosters for longer uh, without using their DP slots. Um, so of course, Tam and Gam run into it, but what it boils down to is that we've seen this offseason, guys, we've seen a lot of younger players get sold off to European teams this offseason. I mean, we've had a, a ton of them. Um, right. And if this was in place earlier, those teams could have kept those guys a little longer, got them a little more seasoned, maybe got their, their prices up a little bit and sold them for more money um, instead of selling them right away before having to use, you know, DP status or other, you know, monetary things to keep them around. Um, so that's going to go and play, I guess, this year. It hasn't really been formally announced yet, uh, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, for the United, for United, really, what that would mean was, I think, a guy like Tommy Chacon could be kept around and not have to be loaned out. He could go into this kind of under twenty-two DP status, and then he would go off the books as the as a as a veteran DP. So he could stay around for a while and work with the team and not have to be loaned out or whatever. So um, it could be, I think this, this league, and I think you guys agree with me, this MLS is kind of growing into a, a seller's league. Uh, they are selling a lot of young talent um, for a lot of money. And of course, with that comes the, the ability then to take that money and use it to bring in bigger stars. Um, yeah, it, it's really, I mean, it's really exciting. And this, this wasn't the case even three, four, five years ago. And then mm -hmm. just to see right. that happening, it's almost like, you know, and obviously you want to see MLS keep growing, but the, just the fact that it's now kind of considered a stepping stone and you're seeing young players, not just that young players, a lot of them across MLS coming up from South America, you know, folks, but it's, you know, you can throw out a lot of countries, but South America is a great example. Uh, not that that's a country, but uh, um, just to see them want to come here because they're they're getting onto a stage where they're drawing attention from all across the world, and yep. you do see people moving on, you know, to the bigger leagues in Europe. So that that is great. Uh, it's a, it's huge for MLS. So yeah, it's a, yeah it's think a, about which uh, think about what transfers you've seen gone to the MLS over the past couple of, uh, from the MLS to Europe over the past couple of years. You've seen the big one, Miguel Almiron, uh, go for twenty seven million to Newcastle. You've seen Pity Martinez uh we've seen we got we signed him at when he was the south american soccer player of the year uh he i think is now in saudi arabia I he think. might be might be coming back maybe coming back uh cincinnati right i think i heard cincinnati, cincinnati. Yep. yep um and then of course uh, the big one and as of recently alexandre pato uh just signed for orlando city mm -hmm. um it's uh so yeah yeah it's yeah, and, and you know the we Canadian Reynoso could be going down that same same road. Oh yeah, Canadian um, Alfonso Davies, you know, over, uh, yeah. now with Bayern yeah. Munich, but he came yeah. over from Vancouver, um, Vancouver and and he yeah. grew, he grew up in their system, and so that and now he's a, he's a star for Bayern Munich. I mean, yep. and he, you know, he came from MLS, so I mean, you see more and more of it. Yeah, it's it. I think you guys are right. It's going to be a lot of a lot of going over to Europe. Uh, Reynoso, I think, definitely is on that path. 
um, in a Hopefully year or two. Hopefully not another couple of years. I, I think in a year or two. I, I think after this year, if he has a strong year this year, I think you're going to see a lot of rumors going into the next year about whether we're going to keep him or we're going to sell him off for, you know, a lot of money, millions of dollars. Um, who was the kid that we had the rights to that uh, he came out of Minnesota? Uh, you're talking out- about uh, Benedetti? I believe, is that it? Is that Nicholas the guy? Benedetti? Yeah, we had the right oh. to we had to sell him to uh it was the Red Bulls, wasn't it? Sell him the Red Bulls. We t- I think we talked about him. Yeah, now yeah. his name is now he's with is, who is he with now? He, isn't he in Italy now? Benedetti, I think he's in Mexico still. Was he Mexico? Um, yeah. I don't know if that's who you're thinking of. Is no, it? I think it's a different guy. No, there's a there's a kid that we had the rights to sold him to NYC. Uh, and then NYC then ended up selling him, I think, to AC, is it Roma? I think he went to AC Roma, didn't he not? Or something like that. But again, to go to our discussion, these are the type of I, things. Oh, I, th- I mean, I, I had to look it up because, like I said, I'm sorry, I, his name escaped me. I thought you were talking about Caden Clark. Um, yeah, Caden Clark. Yeah, th- yeah, so that's who you're talking about. So he, yeah. you know, he, you know, he was, he was, he was a Minnesota player he, he was with the, the thunder academy and but academy. he was he had been part of the red bulls you know youth academy yeah. i believe basically yeah. but and you know why his rights were given away you know it seemed like such a cheap price to pay and now he's having the success over there you know with red bulls but that's it's, right it's hard yeah, to say. he got sold off to uh barcelona's academy barcelona yeah oh did he okay yeah. okay yeah but i'm like this is the type of thing we're talking about guys younger players who come up through the system who now, according to these new rules, could be kept here for longer under DP status and not have to be transferred over or sold uh, for, you know, I'm not saying cheap because they're not going cheap, but they could actually grow in a system and then be sold later. I mean, it could be a a boom for uh, for this league, especially after last year, because as you guys know, Last year, I think MLS kind of lost the peg in terms of kind of their growth um, with the COVID situation. I think, and you guys can disagree with me if you want to, but I think MLS was set up with their 25th anniversary, was set up last summer to have a really great year and expand their, you know, marketing, expand their brand across the United States. I think last year was really set up for that. And I was very excited for it and it didn't happen. And now we're kind of in limbo. Um, so, and we had, I think last year we, we had a big chance to overtake MLS or MLB as the, the sport of the summer. I yeah. really think that I've talked about this on the show a couple of times in the past couple of years. And I really believe, truly believe that MLS is a chance to take over uh, MLB in terms of being the sport of the summer in the United States. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's funny. I joked about this with coworkers like 10, 15 years ago, and at that time, it it literally did seem like a joke. But now, I think there is some traction to what you're saying, Tony. Obviously, that's not going to happen in a year or two or three. But I think if you're looking long term, it's it's absolutely a possibility as far as viewership and. Yeah. and and, and, you know, TV deals and things like that. It certainly is. I just think it's it, for, I, I guess I said this. With I the said, world, I'm sorry to interrupt, Tony, but, but uh, with, and then I just thought of one thing as I stopped talking, but, you know, especially when you have the 2026 World Cup coming to North America, that's right. you know, that is going to, you're going to, you're going to see a fever pitch, I'm sure, you know, as far as how I say fe- fever pitch that's used in baseball, but um, 
you're going to, you're going to see the excitement just build to a huge level. And, and MLS is in a position, especially now um, to, to take advantage of that popularity. And it's, it's gonna, it's only going to grow because of that as well. So, I mean, yeah, will soccer take over baseball? You know, we'll see, we don't know, but if it, if it does, it would, you were looking at the years after that. So. And I, again, I always go back to uh, the differences between soccer and baseball, which are numerous, but the biggest difference is soccer is a one or two games a week type of deal, right? right. Baseball is like every day. Right. Okay? So fans can, if you're a baseball fan, you're having to watch your team every night to be a true fan. You're, you're watching all the time. Soccer is like, you know, once or twice a week, you get a two hour game, it's done. There is, there's a, there's a, there's a definite time limit in that. And I always talk about this. My wife would always ask me, well, when are you going to be home from the soccer game? And I always said, well, if it starts at seven, the game's going to end about nine o'clock. She's like, oh, how do you know that? I'm like, soccer has a definite time period. There is right. no like stoppage and all that type of stuff. Baseball can last for three hours. Baseball is, is to some people is boring. Um, I know I, a lot of people who are turned off by baseball because it's so long and so boring. Um, MLS just has a chance to be that league in the United States that overtakes baseball, I think. And, and it's a lot more exciting and a lot more, you know, last minute, you know, excitement, stuff like that. So um, they well, lost. Think about, think about all the new markets that are coming in to the, over the next year too. Oh, uh, yeah. You've got, Sacramento, you've got Austin just this year, Charlotte mm-hmm. next year, Sacramento and St. Louis the year after. And so you'll see a lot of soccer take a big, big um, step forward, yeah. uh, especially with new markets coming in because, I, I mean, uh, MLB is not expecting any new markets to come in. Come in. No. And obviously they have a big following, but when you see new markets come in like this, it's only natural that you'll see more fans come out of the woodwork and soccer will grow and combine that with the world cup, as you say, Dave, um, then uh, it's, yeah, it's a very real chance. No uh, world cup at the Allianz field though. Just kidding. I, that would never happen, but the closest <laughs> we're going to get, the closest we're going to get the guys. World cup final will have 19,000 fans. There. Yeah. The closest we're going to get, guys, in 2026 is Arrowhead Stadium or Chicago. I think, I think it's, it's going to be uh, it's Kansas City. Kansas City. Chicago's not on there either. Chicago didn't even, Chicago no, they didn't even submit. And I, and I assume, as, as great as Children's Mercy Park uh, is in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, I assume the game would be in Arrowhead. Yeah. Uh, where the Chiefs play. But depends just on for the, atten- for the attendance. But I'd have to say it depends on what. Uh, what section of the World Cup they're gonna they're going to have? I think if they're in the early stages, the group stages, I think they'll be at Mercy Park. Um, but if you're talking about the knockout stages, yeah, I'd say Arrowhead would be the place. I would think if, yeah, if they make if if I don't think they'd switch. I think well, I okay, it's possible that Kansas City would only be involved in the group stage and not the knockout round. Yeah, but exactly. If they were in, if they say we're involved in both. I think so they would have it, to just make the choice and it'd be Arrowhead. It'd be Arrowhead. I think the, the cities that are going to be involved in both are going to be cities that have huge stadiums and they'll get both. Like I said, I think KC is going to be that city that gets the group stage. They're going to get like a group of, you know, whatever, whatever teams are in there. And that's what you're going to get. My hope is that KC is the group stage for the United States or Germany or italy one of those three and then i'll be down there 
for that whole flipping week. Um, yeah, at this point, it's hard to imagine not going to a World Cup game in your own oh, country. Definitely. I mean, I, I have, When's the next oh, time the World Cup's going to come back to the U.S.? Well, it was yeah. 1994, guys. 94 was the last uh, time I was here. That is true. I mean, for, oh. for at least the last two rounds, I've seriously been considering making trips, long trips. They'd, have, they'd be long and expensive trips, really. But, I mean, I've been thinking very hard to do it. Last, you know, the last one was a little difficult in the sense that you, now that – being in Russia now, they made a point of saying you could get in with a if you're coming over to watch the World Cup, and uh, and also USA was not in it. That was kind of a big uh, downer for me personally, but of course, but right. I mean, it'll be right. well. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big England fan, so if England come goes to to Kansas yeah. City, you bet I'll be going down there too. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, guys. Um, so we kind of got away from Loonstock, but. There's not a lot to talk about. So hopefully mm-hmm. in the next podcast, they've signed a forward at some point. Or, Here's hoping. Or have signed another defender. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe. So I mean, uh, yeah, we didn't even yeah. mention we didn't even mention like the the you know, especially Nabley, uh Kimbuchi. He's uh, you know, he's a promising defender that they got in the draft too. So I mean, and mm-hmm. then I think later they got another defender. So they did <laughs> Sean O'Hearn from uh yes. from Georgetown. He's another um, defender. Sean O'Hearn, a good uh, good uh, Irish name. So although, yeah, forward, uh, forward, forward. Although he signed for New England Revolution too, though. Looks like Sean O'Hearn did. He did in earlier though. He was New England before and he was then eligible for the draft, so we have him. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's one of those weird rules in MLS where if you if you're with a team and you go to their academy or whatever, and then you go to college then you're eligible for the draft and then whoever drafts you has your rights. I believe, I'm not sure, but yeah. And just, you know, look, you know, cause didn't he, he technically signed with the USL league. Uh, you know, he was the mm-hmm. new England revolution too. So right. I mean, I think because that wasn't technically the MLS, you know, senior team yeah. that right. maybe that's part of it, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to speak about it too much to, just because I don't know too much about uh, it. And guys, I, I mean, just quickly before we got into history, USL teams and minor league soccer teams. Uh, Ford Madison is is going strong again this year, which is great. Even though they're not affiliated with us anymore, that is Forward Madison. They are a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flamingos. Um, Iowa is really trying to get a team in Des Moines, guys. That's right. Uh, they are kicking some major ass in terms of getting a stadium built and getting a team down there. And I will be excited if they do because I would definitely go down to a game down there in Des Moines to see minor league soccer. And Des Moines, um, very, very underrated city. Very underrated. underrated. Very underrated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, do you think that maybe Minnesota United will try to affiliate themselves with them? Maybe as a I would, minor league? I would guess that would be the case. Although um, I think uh, United have opportunities to start their own minor league teams in a place like Rochester uh, oh, yeah. or St. Cloud uh Duluth is also an option I mean there's numerous places in Minnesota you could start a minor league team and have it close to your kind of home base uh Rochester I Rochester needs a flipping team I mean that's they have the money they could do it down there so um I'm I'm looking at uh Des Moines that's called if you go to uslproiowa.com actually you can see the movements for mm -hmm. Iowa's USL team and there's a picture uh, of uh, or like a, a rendering of a stadium 
there and it looks really nice yeah it's it looks like it would house probably about ten thousand people yeah maybe yeah it looks it looks really well done they are uh des moines uh they've got of course got the iowa cubs um the triple a affiliate of the chicago cubs and i've been to a game there and it's fantastic it's a good time um it'll be the same way i'm sure with the saint paul saints now since they're the twins triple a affiliate um but uh des moines is a place that could do minor league teams and do them well they have the population to follow them uh there are they are a couple hour car ride from places like minneapolis kc chicago um so they they, they could do that and, they, and i hope they do because i i would look forward to going down there and seeing a game um connor you got some history for us today i do indeed yes right. um all right well let's get the count the old calendar up here as we uh hear the music we're going to start today, a week from yesterday, uh, or a week from today, which was uh, the 14th Valentine's Day. Um, had a good Valentine's Day with my wife. We went down to Fogo de Chao last oh. week. It was kind of nice. Oh, before you get in history, how does that work now, Fogo de Chao, with the pandemic? Do they all wear masks then when they come to your table, or they come to your yes. table still? Okay. Yes. Um, they don't have the markers that are like red or green. You flip it over, it's red. Flip it yeah. over, it's green anymore. They just come over and ask you now. It um, okay. It doesn't. It doesn't matter about the markers, but yeah, they they're all wearing masks and they're they're spacing out the tables. And how about the salad bar? Is the salad bar still open? Salad bar still open. Okay. Um, I think they're working their hardest to socially distance that as well. But when we went, it wasn't super busy. And. So, Let's just didn't really see much before we get into it. Let me just say, guys, um, and our listeners probably going to notice this too. Since uh, Walls has opened things back up or turned the dials back because our numbers are so low, uh, I think we've all noticed or been to places where I think they're way above the 50% or 250, whichever comes first thing. Definitely. Um, uh, Dave and I last week, uh, the three of us met up to talk about this podcast, and Dave and I ended up going to. Uh, Cowboy Jacks in Plymouth, and I, there was no every other table thing there, Dave. There was nothing like that. It was just like every man for himself kind of deal in there. Yeah, it um, didn't seem, you know, because that's what I mean by if you're going to go capacity or number, whichever is lower, you would think you'd mm-hmm. then by definition, you would have this table, this, you know, if you have, mm-hmm. say, booths, for example, um, you would think, okay, that booth is closed, that booth is closed, that, yeah. you know, just because you, okay, your capacity is down, or, you know, and they, they might have taken out tables, but it didn't really look like that compared no. to the last time I'd been in there, which was long ago. No. Um, but so it was a little bit odd. At, at least where we were, I felt mm-hmm. like there's there's uh, plenty of space. But it, yeah, no, there, yeah. there was people up in the bar, like just there I, always would be. And I think I, I mentioned this uh, text to some people. I don't know if Dave might have been on that, but uh these uh, these restaurants and bars really i mean they were locked down for so many times that they're just saying well well fuck it we're gonna just open up right and we don't care we need to make our money back and and i i, I understand that i'm not mm-hmm. against it whatsoever i understand what they're trying to do uh is it a good thing or a bad thing i'm not i'm not a doctor i'm not an epidemiologist i'm not going to say but it is what it is if you don't feel safe going in there then don't go Right. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So history time. Let's go. All right. So we're going to start on February 14th of 1981 Mm. um, when uh, it was one of the few matches that the Strikers played 
in Minnesota before they joined the out the actual outdoor league. Um, in when the strike the strikers originally like the strikers came originally joined season play in 1984, but they did play a few games in 1981 where they lost against and here's a new one guys, the Jacksonville T Men six two. The T Men. The T Men. So here's a little story on the Jacksonville T Men. They originated as the New England T-Men. Mm. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Okay. And then they moved down to Jacksonville after financial hardships. And, Boston, uh, it's Boston Tea Party, T-Men. Okay. It is one of those things, though, if you're moving a team, you know, like the, the Minneapolis Lakers going Dude, over to, to, don't, to Los Angeles. You I, don't want, I don't want to change your name, but. I don't want to talk about the Lakers because I, I swear to God, Los Angeles Lakers is the stupidest flipping name. Well, yeah. There's no context. You wouldn't like how they no get context. that name. How they get, well, I mean, gave Minnesota. right? Well, um, that's what I'm saying. Is it? But if you didn't know that, it'd be like hmm, it's an odd name. Well, it's just like right. it's just like the Dallas, the Dallas, the North Stars moved to Dallas, became well, Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars, which at least which makes is more sense. It works. They're the they're the Lone Star State. That works. Yeah. You know that whatever. But the the Lakers moving to Los Angeles and keeping the Laker name, that's just dumb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we have, we are moving on to the 15th, uh, uh, which one am I going to do this time? I'm going to do the, I'm going to do a very crowded day, crowded day in 2017 when United signed Josh Gatt from Moldy in Norway and Bobby Shuttleworth from the New England Revolution, Bobby, uh, who we traded a a guy named Femi Hollinger, Hollinger Jansen for him. I don't remember that name, but uh, uh, Bobby was the worst goalie in terms of distributing the ball that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he he had good reflexes. I will give him that. Oh yeah, but, he uh, was good with that, but distributing yeah. the ball was terrible. Yeah, he terrible. was pretty bad at that. Mm, mm. Um, then on the same day, actually, we drew Game Three of the Timbers preseason tournament against Real Salt Lake three three. Um. Now we'll move on to February 16th, which is, we, I only have two stats, then they're both from the last couple of years. So I'll go with, uh, uh, let's go with 2019. United win game one of the Orlando City Invitational against the New England Revolution, 1-0 in Orlando, Florida. Nice. I think I remember that actually. I was... Um, I was wondering about that because they only played two games in a group of four. And I was like, where's the third game? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then we move on to February 17th, where in 1985, the strikers lost at the Pittsburgh spirits five, four. Again, uh, Pittsburgh spirit. Come on. I Pittsburgh. feel like you can do that for anywhere. Yeah. The spirit. Yeah. The spirit of like, so, well, no, it, it works better in St. Louis. That's that's true. Beer to St. Louis. Louis This works better there. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think that's the place it works best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We move on to February 18th, which is a blank day in Minnesota United in Minnesota soccer history. Nothing happened. Damn. Uh, February 19th. uh, Which one shall I go? Oh, you guys like this one. 2017 United won a friendly against the wisconsin badgers 3-1 hey, badgers. Um, it's not said where the game was played but uh yeah they, they played a friendly against wisconsin and they wow. won 3-1, so nice that was that was interesting against a college team 
Okay. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Now we're going to go to February 20th, 1987, when the Strikers win against the Kansas City Comets 8 4. Mm. Comets, huh? Yeah. Comets. Mm. Comments, not not comments. Comments, comments, yeah. comments. <laughs> and then today, oh, this is a nice one. Uh, today in 2017, United signed our good old buddy Jerome Tison from hey. Barn. Friend, friend of the podcast, friend, friend of the, the podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah friend he of the podcast. Just a few months ago, he was. Yeah. So there you are. Your day in. Minnesota soccer history, guys. That was, that was a good, uh, good day. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, good times. Um, we have some time for some funny stories now. Um, I have one. I think Connor has one too. I'll start off. Go for it. Because it actually kind of goes with this podcast, guys. A, an Ohio man said he's foregoing food for forty-six day Lent beer diet. So he's for Lent. Now, if you're a Christian, you know what Lent means. You, you give up something for Lent. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't eat meat on Fridays. You go to McDonald's, get their filet of fish and whatever it is. Um, an Ohio man is marking the Christian t- tradition of Lent by giving up solid foods for 46 days and getting the majority of his sub- sus- sustenance from beer. Del Hall of Cincinnati said his Lent diet includes only beer, water, black coffee and herbal tea and as of his friday morning weigh-in day three of his diet he was down 5.8 pounds wow it doesn't surprise me um i feel like i've heard this one before and yeah it's almost it's like okay i'm giving up i'm giving up meat for lent and that's fine and great but you're not giving up beer it's like mm. well now he says this way says he only has three to five beers a day oh is that all it's not like he's (laughs) drinking constantly if you eat your standard diet, it gets boring. You don't eat the same thing every day. So I'm definitely not going to drink the same thing every day. So he's like drinking different beers, I think. He said he's successfully completed Lent beer diets in 2019 and 2020, each time noticing health benefits of the experience. He said he lost 40, 50 pounds both years and noticed his blood pressure and cholesterol improved. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's why I've heard of it. Maybe that's why I thought I've heard of this before, because yeah, I feel like I, I don't know if it's the same guy or not, but um, I, I, to me, it, it, it would be extremely difficult. Because I guess you'd have to be really good in your selection of beers. Because you can certainly yeah. go out there and find a beer that has plenty of carbs and make mm-hmm. a tiny bit of protein. But you're not going to find too many beers out there with any fat in them. So no. <laughs> I guess you're going and, on a fat-free diet. Well, and and so finally, before we talk more about this, guys. He is now raising money through a crowdfunding initiative dubbed Sergeant Dell's Virtual Tip Jar. And he said the money will go toward local bars and restaurants that have suffered losses due to COVID. So he's doing something with his with his beer Lent thing, which is nice. That is nice. But I will say this. Uh, I don't know if I could do something like that because I, I guess for me, if I don't have anything to eat, and probably everybody is the same way. If you don't have anything to eat before you start drinking beer, you just get tipsy and kind of drunk faster because there's nothing in there to kind of hold it up, you know, get the right. alcohol kind of hold up. And if you're only drinking beer and water and herbal teas and coffee, I mean, holy shit. The only thing I could say, Dave, uh, the fat, the fat thing, mm-hmm. if you were drinking the, um, 
coffee, the, the butter coffee, or then the butter coffee where you put the yes. butter in there. That's some yeah. fat. You could do some fat in there. If that and counted. If yeah. that counted, yeah. Right. Um, maybe some protein, but you're not getting any proteins. How are you getting like you're you're not getting even any like like vitamins and minerals really with all these things? Well, unless you're you're drinking like a certain kind of herbal tea, I guess. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I'm not a tea aficionado by any means, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be able to speak for that. But it's maybe there's I'm some a, kind of herb that helps you out with that. Sam, I'm a, I'm a green tea guy. I drink a lot of green tea, and uh, you know, there's no the green tea is just pretty much um, caffeine, and uh, that's that. I mean, there's really nothing in green tea, and there's some. I think there's some minerals and things of that nature, but. Really, there's nothing in there. Um, I guess if your water was high in like uh, minerals, like if you were in a bad area where, you know, there's a lot of minerals in your water, maybe you're getting minerals from your water. I don't know. This guy, how can you do this? The other thing that's funny, guys, is he said he's lost 40, 50 pounds the last couple of times he's done it. Right. Which tells me that he's doing this and then he gains all that fucking weight back. I was gonna, <laughs> that's actually the first, that's one of the things I thought about. It's like, wow, he's really on a roller coaster there. He's and then, up and you down. know, so my thought is the guy weighs like, you know, 250 pounds, right? And he loses 50 or 40 pounds when he does a Lent thing. And then he gains all the way back in the summertime and the wintertime. Then he goes back to Lent. And he loses that weight. He's a yo yo dieter. This is a yo yeah. yo diet. You know, I, huh. I understand. I do understand the whole thing of, wanting to do like things for Lent and no sugar, no meat, uh, less TV, all that. Stuff. But cutting out whole foods, I don't know if that's good for you. You know? Yeah, no, I, I doubt it. Obviously, it's not something you could maintain for more than 40 days, but uh, yeah. or I'm, I mean, even to go that long is impressive. But well, and, and since, you know, I have, I have two kids, right. I have two kids, right? And since our second kid, um, for Lent, I've cut out sex with my wife. How's that going? No, no that's well, it's go- going great. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like Lent's like a year-round thing for me. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Anywho. Oh yeah, I just was... got married six months ago, man. You got to... You gotta give uh, me something to look forward Connor, to. Connor, Connor, you're young, okay? You're not even. Are you? Are you thirty? You're thirty, aren't you? I will be thirty-two in April. Okay. You have plenty of time left, okay? Plenty of time to do those things. My wife and I have been together since we were like, I was, shit, I was eighteen, nineteen when I met my wife, okay? Yeah. So it's been a long time. So I make jokes about it, but really, that's because we've been together for like ever. I mean, that's, that's not having to do with, you know, kids, whatever, but you get plenty of time to do those things and have kids. And, but I will say when you have kids, the, you know, things get a little complicated, you know, it's just the way it is, the way it is, you know, then you have kids who talk back to you and do crazy shit. Now they're on the TikToks and the other stuff. I have no idea what the fuck's going on anymore, but uh, my wife watches TikTok too. See, so there you go. Uh, you know, I, it, if everybody goes through that, everybody deals with that shit. But yeah. you have a funny story, Connor, you want to talk about? Yeah. So uh, I saw something on 
YouTube recently. Um, there's a there's a game show. Uh, as everybody knows, I used to live in the UK in London, and I've gotten into a game show recently called Countdown. And there is a kind of comedy version of it called Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown. And it's uh, it's just a group of comedians. They play a countdown game, and it's basically a game of letters and number numbers. Uh, and there's conundrums. It's, bu- it's a bunch of like math and spelling and stuff. And it sounds really boring when I say it that way, but it's actually really funny. Uh, but during during uh, the show, there is a section of that uh, section of that game show called Dictionary Corner, where they have a lexicographer who's basically an expert with words. Uh, she has a dictionary just to fact check or not fact check, but just to see if the words are real and stuff. And then there's a comedian uh, with her with her that every now and then they go across to and he'll sh- and he or she will uh, share a a funny story or a or a, sing a song or some, something like that. Uh, one of the episodes they had was they had a comedian named David Bedil and that's uh, in, in that position. And he had something called bills of mortality. And uh, these things were real things in London in the 17th century. And they are basically lists of what people died of in London that week. Oh, and, they, oh. and they published, they published these things every single week. And you and you see a lot of, you know, causes that, you know, you would expect like a, there's abortive where there's like miscarriages and that's the five people. There's one week, uh, one week, five people died of that. And then there's aged, which is old age. Uh, mm-hmm. 43 people die of that. But then they have things like this. And I'm quoting here. Burnt in his bed by a candle at St. Giles Cripplegate. One what? person died of that. And then two people died of cough that week. Um, not sure exactly how you do that. And then, uh, I'm, I'm, just so you know, I'm quoting all of these all of these causes of death here. Three people died because they were frightened. What? How do? You... Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. How is that? How is that possible? I don't know. It's uh, it's it's literally written. Frightened. Three people died because they were frightened. It's like frightened three. Like, and then there's another one. So, sorry, go ahead. So they, I think the frightened one is a heart attack. I think frightened is they got scared or they were like, like surprised and they just cacked and died because they had a heart attack it's not frightened right it's a heart attack yeah okay yeah i figured it has to do yeah. so, do with something like that but yeah it's, it's just kind of funny to read it like that where you mm-hmm. got you've got another one killed by a fall from the belfry at al hallows the greats another church death there if you, that, if you believe it or not that guy probably had a lot of communion wine that's the right problem. <laughs> Uh, one person died of lethargy, lethargy, um, just really? sat around so much that they died, basically. What? Well, is he, he's probably a fat guy. Maybe. I don't know. Overweight. <laughs> fat guy. Uh, uh, 11 people died of something called rising of the lights, whatever that what? is. What the? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what that means, but it's maybe something that, some disaster that happened, and uh Here's one person who died suddenly. That's, I think, my that I think might be one of my favorites. Oh, right? that's it. Just like, that's how, it. Yeah, suddenly. But I was waiting for you to suddenly yeah. fell off a cliff or suddenly. No. Okay, so rising lights was a common mortality thing in the 17th century. It was lights 
rising the lungs. So they have lung problems, probably pneumonia. Oh, like there you go. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Then uh, here's a different here's a different week. Uh, one person died of sore leg. What? That's what it said. Yeah. Some, so no. Well, that probably means he had some sort of like maybe he had like a like a cut on his leg that turned gangrene. Probably I don't know. Maybe you would think it'd be like a different cause though than maybe like, like infection or. But maybe they don't or, have the term infection though. Maybe they don't know what infection was. Seventeenth century, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, another death. Another death at St. Giles Cripplegate. Uh, scalded in a brewer's mash. Ooh. Whoa, 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 whoa! So they're brewing beer, and he so, got scalded. I mean, he sure. fell into the mash, probably. Sure, sounds like it. Good lord. Uh, then here's another one. Oh God. Uh, th- I think this one might be my absolute favorite. Uh, one person died because they were distracted. Distract, yeah. Distracted, just distracted. Distract. Well, we we have that now. What? We have just dist- we have that we have distracted but, drivers. Like, hey, yeah. hey, what's going on? What is it? Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Huh? He was. Did he walk under something? He was distracted. He walked. Was he looking at his phone? On the phone. Sorry, it's seventeen hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> was he looking at? His, was he looking at his newspaper or something like that? Maybe. <laughs> You know, was distracted he distracted by a kid and somebody threw an avocado at the at his head or something? Or? Was he driving his horse distracted? I mean, could have been driving his horse distracted. <laughs> maybe fall maybe off the horse distracted. Fell off the horse cart. Maybe yeah. was uh, distracted and walked into a fruit cart and the fruit well, cart fell over and tumbled on over him. Yeah, we do have. I mean, we do have distracted is a cause of death numerous times in the United States. I think. And around the world, we just don't call it distracted. We call it uh, stupidity, right? Uh, because uh, people fall off of places, like you know, taking pictures of themselves on a mountain or whatever it is, or whatever. They get distracted and they fall off, or right. what have you. So, yeah. yeah. Um, then ten people died of cancer and wolf. That's what it's. That, that, that's, that's what it said. Cancer and wolf. The so wolf like, caused the cancer. It's well. It's like they had cancer and then you were eaten by a wolf. I don't well, know. How in does the cancer like attract wolves? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Was it? Uh, I don't know. Cancer is magnets to wolves. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't. That's weird. Hmm. Uh, seven were overlaid. What? Oh, oh. too much. Overlaid. Too much sex. Too yeah. much sex. I get it. Too much sex. That's the way I'd want to go. Um. And then how did he die by that, though? I mean, just like. Got a serial. I'm, I'm, again, I'm thinking heart attack, heart attack while you're doing it. There's a lot of heart attacks. A lot of heart attacks, I'm sure. And then 46 were, quote, killed by several accidents. Several accidents? Yeah. Like killed by several accidents. Not one accident. Like numerous accidents happened. Like. Yep. You fell on a knife and then a wolf came and bit your head off or like, or several accidents could mean a lot of different things. It I could mean, be. I don't know. Dave's had, listing all the other accidents that have happened on that bill. Dave, Dave's had several accidents before. He's never died from, but he's had several I accidents. I certainly have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then one more. 
uh, that I've got one more on here that uh, was David Badil's favorite on that this particular episode is one person died of piles. Oh, yeah. Which sounds painful. Have you guys? I think that's um, that's shingles, I believe. No, sure. isn't it, isn't it like you're just uh, you're pooping a lot? Isn't it? No, I think it's shingles. I got a feeling it's hemorrhoids. Ooh. Uh, oh, piles of hemorrhoids. Has something to do with the yeah shingles or yeah hemorrhoids yeah so this guy probably had a hemorrhoid that um, uh, exploded or something like that got infected maybe yeah yeah uh, but yeah that's it that's uh, the bills of, that's my that's my story I, there guys I I I I couldn't live back in the 1700s I just couldn't do it oh yeah I mean so many ways you could die yeah. I mean, wolves eating you because you have cancer. I mean, yeah, that's crazy shit. Dying of a right, hemorrhoid? That, that, dis- that distracts you from other things going on yeah, around yeah. With, where several accidents are happening. How do you die of a hemorrhoid? I mean, this is like, uh, there's a South Park episode episode where I think Kyle gets a hemorrhoid and he's in, in the hospital because he's a bad hemorrhoid. And I'm like, how is he, how is he in the hospital because of a hemorrhoid? You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way in in, in this day and age. That's terrible. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I just thought it was funny to see them. I, I just think it's funny to see them described that way, just to be uh, died because, just to die because they were distracted or just to die suddenly, you know? Well, Dave, I mean, Dave has numerous times has been distracted. Uh, and could have died. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it uh, you know pays to live 300 years later when our uh, yeah. healthcare is significantly better. Right. To there, say you healthy, so. there you go. There <laughs> you go. We we know I mean, a little bit more. Apparently. On your travels, Dave. I mean, you've been all over the world. Yeah. There's a, being in the United States is different, but being all over the world, there's numerous ways you could have died, like in like India or trampled by an elephant in India, or. It's true. You know, in Ireland, um, beaten to death by a drunk Irish guy. I mean, that's, you know, you've been all over the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have yeah, fallen but... off a camel's back in the in Saudi Arabia or something. Hey, I don't think. You, have you been there? I have not. See, I that's have not. So. I think it's the one place Dave has not been to is the Middle East. Oh wow! Oh. I I've got uh, two continents left to check out. That'd be Africa and Antarctica. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Africa. You, I don't. I don't think that your company does any work in our Africa, do they? Um, not, not that we would be responsible for. I mean, we have. Yeah. We cert, our company as a whole would certainly have a presence there. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to maybe someday knock that off in in one trip because you could get into Africa and then if from say South Africa to Antarctica, it's a short trip. You yeah. can do it. I'm yeah. in the in the, uh, in the winter. There's only one place I want to go to in Africa, and that's Egypt. But really, that's that's where I want to go. That would be cool. And yeah, be, that would be cool. I, yeah. I'd love to go to Egypt. But, I don't want to. Um, Kenya and uh, South Africa are also on my list. South Africa would be cool. Uh, Egypt, I think, would be like the the bomb. Seeing the pyramids and shit. That'd Definitely. Be, yeah. Cool. I haven't even been to Italy yet, so I can't even say anything. I haven't been, I haven't been off this continent yet. Oh, come on. I mean, my wife and I were going to go to Italy for our uh, honeymoon before the pandemic oh, happened. See, um, there you go. Yeah, we were going to go to the Cinque Terre in north, northern oh. Italy there and just spend a week there, 
drinking wine and eating homemade pasta. Dude, uh, I've, I, I want to get, I want to go to Italy. Kelly and I have been talking about going to Italy for years. I think Johnny and Jenny want to go with us as well, but, uh, um, I want to go to my old, uh, where I'm, where my family is from, uh, which is Salerno or Palermo, one of the two. It's down Palermo. In the it might be Palermo. It's down in the boot of Italy. I want to go down there and check it out. Uh, my last name in Italy actually ends with an I. Uh, so I have a lot of relatives oh. who per Nancy's, but ended with an I. So I have a lot of relatives mm. out there who, who I know. It's not uncommon in Italy, my last name. In the United States it is, but Italy it's not. So There you go. Mm. All right, boys. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think we, for an off-season podcast, I think we covered just about all we possibly could. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like you guys said, I think, you know, hopefully in the next week or two, because, um, you know, training camp's going to kick up here very soon, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit uh, more to talk about it. At least I'm cross our fingers with the signings, but we'll see. Well, it's funny. Uh, we've <laughs> This off-season's been kind of weird because – and not only our podcast, but a lot of the other podcasts who do Loons Talk haven't really done a lot of podcasts in the offseason, which is a different thing. Because I think we started the Loons podcast a couple of years ago, and we always did one every two weeks. That was it. In the offseason, even the offseason, we did two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Um, and last two years, we haven't done that. And I see why, because there's not really anything going on. And... Uh, yeah, and that, you know, just it wasn't that long ago that the just a couple of years. I mean, the off season was much much shorter than it mm-hmm. what is now. I mean, MLS MLS Cup was in December, mm-hmm. and before you knew it, the training camp started towards you know mid to end January, and you know the season started very early March. Yep. You know, um, so yeah, it's it's a different uh, different landscape right now with the MLS soccer season. And I think that's just part of it. Been yeah. different, and uh, like I said, uh, no other podcast really done anything. I mean, a couple of guys have come out with different podcasts during this kind of long stretch of nothingness, but you know, so maybe we'll come back in uh, two weeks, maybe it'll be a month again. I don't know because, frankly, it depends on what the loons do before training camp opens up, which will be, I think, training camp opens up, guys uh mid-march i believe you know I'm, i'd love to know that answer and i i wish i could tell you the answer but uh yeah because i've been actually looked for it before we started here today because i wanted kind of a timeline of mls events but i was not able to find that but obviously knowing that the regular season starts april 17th it you know it has to start here in the next couple of weeks it really does well they got it they got to get going yeah and so i think it'd probably be mid-march probably probably a month before season opens training camp for you know four weeks and uh see what they can do the other issue of course we're running into again this year guys is COVID I mean mm-hmm. we're still going to be dealing with COVID protocols through training camp through the season games being canceled um we'll see how that all plays out hopefully very few games get canceled um I know we had a couple last year I know um colorado had a shit ton of games canceled last year so right hopefully that decreases this year um but uh, we'll see um update here the uh the training camp starts on march 8th march 8th oh, okay. oh thanks for finding us that as we record awesome so so, so about three weeks from now then we'll probably do another podcast here um 
mid-March um, after training camps opened up. Hopefully after training camp opens up, we get some news out of the team, who's doing well, who's not doing well, who's there. We should know about Igapar at that point um, sure. if he's in training camp. Um, if he's not there, that's a bad sign. Um, and uh, yeah, so maybe in like three weeks, guys doing our podcast. And then after that, we'll have the season opening in another month. So, um, so I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor. We'll talk to you guys probably in a couple of weeks. All right. See you guys.